Hi, this is Amy Impelizari, host of Top Happy Writers Presents I Know How This Book Ends, where we dive into the story behind the stories of the biggest books out this year. I have to tell you that normally we talk about novels, fiction, and this week we are deviating from that pattern. We are talking with Darcy Loma, who has written a new book called Thoughtfully Fit. And while it is not fiction, it is most certainly an amazing story. In fact, Darcy begins the book by saying it is her story. And I couldn't wait to share this with you, so I hope you don't mind that we're going to talk about something that's not a novel today, but is really an amazing story. So without further ado, let me introduce Darcy Loma. Darcy, thank you so much for being here. Oh, Amy, it's such a pleasure. Thanks for having me. So Darcy, you and I met a couple of years ago uh, in Chicago. We were at, I don't know if you remember this, but we were- I sure do. Okay. So we were at PoppyCon, which before the world went crazy, my beloved tall poppy writer sisters and I would gather annually for a conference. And usually it's been, it's been in- alternating in New York and Chicago, but that year it was in Chicago. And it's usually our time to gather to sort of uh, come up with our business plan as a group and individually for the year ahead. And Anne Garvin connected us with you that year, several years ago. You came to talk to us about, um, you know, helping us sort of come up with a coaching plan for our own, our own writing careers, but also to for us to sort of work together more cohesively and more productively as a group. And it was an amazing weekend. I was so grateful for the time you spent with us. And it was um, really fabulous. And I have such wonderful, wonderful memories of that weekend and of you in particular. And your energy and your enthusiasm and your inspiration was definitely the the highlight of my memory from that weekend. And I didn't know anything about your story until I read your book, Thoughtfully Fit, which has only just come out. It's uh, The subtitle is Your Training Plan for Life and Business and Success. And so I want to talk about your story. I want to talk about how this book came to be. And I want to talk about you. So thank you so much for being here. How did you, I don't know how you and Anne met, actually. How did you and Anne Garvin meet originally? Well, Anne and I both live in Madison, Wisconsin, and we were presenting together at a women's conference. And I saw her on stage. And I was like, oh, I'm fangirling. I have to know her. <laughs> so I, think I made it a, a point. A lot of us have had that similar experience when we yes. met in Garvin. <laughs> right? That's that's yes. exactly what it was. I'm like, I, I'm, she's going to become my friend. She didn't know it, but right, uh, right. So I, <laughs> that was where it all began. And then- Well, you two uh, have very similar energy and that it doesn't surprise me at all that you in fact became friends. So yeah, absolutely. Yes. So you, so that was, uh, that was probably, maybe that was shortly before she connected you with the Tall Poppy writers as a group, or maybe you guys have known each other longer. Yes, that was, that was a couple years probably before that. And yeah. then as I was working on developing my proposal for Thoughtfully Fit, and finding an agent and trying to find a publisher, mm-hmm. I hired Anne and the fifth semester to to help me. And she and Aaron Slill were fantastic. And yes. that's where, uh, right? She just uh, became went from being from being a friend to to a mentor and a and a writing coach. Yeah, she is for sure a lot of our um, 
muses in life and writing. <laughs> I certainly, I certainly count myself as, as a person who can say that about her too. So that's amazing. So thoughtfully fit. I, I know it was a long time in, when you read it, you realize that this, this, the book was a long time in coming, um, and a long time in development and you developed the, the concept and we'll talk more about it. But you open the book by talking about a very pivotal event in your life, which I don't think, and correct me if I'm wrong, actually inspired the book itself, but maybe it did inspire the direction of the book or or maybe influenced the direction of the book. Is that right? That's correct. The 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 book, so Thoughtfully Fit is a model that I have been researching and working on, had, had been for, for five years, mm-hmm. based on the, the themes of you know, been coaching thousands and thousands of hours, executives and managers and stay-at-home moms, and started to notice that every client has similar obstacles that they struggle with. So I spent multiple years researching and categorizing what are the biggest challenges and hurdles that get in the way of being high-performing. Thoughtfully Fit was the result of that. And in on a Saturday in March of 2016, after five years of research, it all came to life and the model, everything. It was like, yes. And so the two days later on Monday, I called and hired a strategic planning consultant, a business consultant to help us put Thoughtfully Fit out into the world in a, in an intentional way. And it was five days later on Thursday of that week, when I got a phone call from my neighbor asking me, what is going on at your house? And I said, I, I don't know why. And she said, Darcy, there's like 40 or 50 police cars in a SWAT team surrounding your house. And they just took out John in handcuffs. Oh, she my gosh. And John. Look at us. And John was my husband. Right. Of 10 years. The next day was our 10 year wedding anniversary. That became the beginning of my my biggest nightmare I'd ever experienced. And what happened? It, it, I, I ended up having, he was arrested for sexual assault of a minor he had met online. I was blindsided. The charges were severe. Uh, he went to jail and hired him an attorney. I had to hire my own attorney. And my attorney said, Darcy, don't talk to anybody about anything. And Which for a life coach and for someone like you, that's basically like asking you to cut off a limb, right? Exactly. and. And, you know, going through a tragedy and a trauma, it was, it was shocking. And so I realized, like, I became ground zero to test drive thoughtfully fit that I now had more obstacles and, and, and challenges and people problems than I ever could imagine. So that's then fast forward, maybe, uh, I don't know, a year or two, I'm working with the fifth semester and Ann and Aaron. And at the end of the first writing retreat day, I was talking about Thoughtfully Fit and the, the, the arc of the proposal for this book. And I said, gosh, you know, this Thoughtfully Fit really helped me navigate my biggest obstacle. Someday in 10 years, I think I want to write a memoir about that. And Anne and Aaron looked mm-hmm. at each other and they looked at me and they're like, uh, Darcy, that is this book. I'm like, yes. no, no, no. This book is about the model. They're like, yeah, that's this book. You use this model. Uh, it's like you're living proof it works. And that's that's the origin of how this Thoughtfully Fit book came to be in its current state. Well, I think that's what's so interesting because you say in the book, and I'm paraphrasing and I'll say it probably 
I will definitely say it not as eloquently as you you did, but that basically you had been creating this program that prepared you and all of a sudden you were prepared for the most devastating event that happened in your life up until then and that you could not possibly have imagined. But as a result of having put together this, this developed this program and this thought process and this action process, you had really prepared yourself for something that really anyone else from the outside looking in would think, how does one ever prepare themselves for such a tragedy? Um, so I think that's really amazing and, and seems from the reader's point of view that like an organic synthesis of, of course, you have to incorporate your story into this, this book, because that's what gives it the credibility, the, the hope, the inspiration. Oh, this works. You know, from the reader's point of view, it's, oh, this works. What did you want to be when you grew up? How did you decide that you were going to be a life coach? Tell me about that process. I didn't decide when I was young, that's what I wanted to be. When I was in college, I had a double major of math and German, believe it or not. Uh, Oh, that's so great. Is that crazy? (laughs) What was your plan with math and German? Was to be a teacher. I was certified to teach K-12 and uh, that was was what I was going to do. And when I graduated from college, I uh, got a job working at the teachers union and that pivoted my career from teaching to politics, believe it or not, and went from working at the teachers union to working for a couple of presidential campaigns, doing national advance, and then ultimately working for 12 years as a director of a U.S. Senate office. So that interesting? Um, it was right, really yeah. bizarre. And so when my senator announced that he was going to be retiring, that's when I hired my first coach. Because Uh, I, it was sort of an assumption on my part, my colleagues, my friends, my family, that I was going to stay in the political campaign, uh, nonprofit sector. And my, what year was that? That was, he announced in 2012. Okay. And my last day in the U S Senate was January 2nd, 2013. And my coach helped me dream. And she said, Darcy, if in 10 years you had no regrets, what would you do next? And I was like, what? Oh my God, that's the best question ever. I said, I'd be a coach. I'd own a company. I'd do keynote speaking and training. And so she said, great. Really? So in the course of working with the coach, you started to manifest that dream. Absolutely. Wow. And she helped me overcome some of those internal obstacles. I call it internal trash talk because immediately after I said that was my dream, I said, I can't do that. I have a family of four that I support. My husband's a stay-at-home dad. I need health insurance. I need a salary. Mm -hmm. And your girls, you have two girls, right? Yes, correct. And how old were your girls at that point in 2013? Uh, In 2013, they would have been six and seven. Okay. And so how important was it to you to, 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 did your girls and their ages, that's a very impactful imprinting time. Did that influence your decision to pursue the dream or did it create hesitancy? Both. How's that? Yeah. 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 (laughs) Yeah. No, it's honest. That's honest. Yeah, absolutely. I both wanted it. It impacted my dream because I want to be a role model for my daughters that you can do what you want and follow your passion. It also was scary because I had never been a business owner before. I didn't know anything about how to be an entrepreneur. And that trash talk in my head was telling me all the reasons I shouldn't. Right. um, Because I needed safety and security. Um, So I'd I'd say it was really, it, it was that paradox. 
that a lot of my clients experience. <laughs> yes, yes. And what was your what what were the tools that you used at the time to overcome those barriers? Don't give away all your secrets. We want people to buy the book, but <laughs> but but in those early but in those early conversations with your coach, what what were the tools that sort of helped m- propel you from a place where you could actually entertain that this was a possibility. Yes. There were, there's sort of the internal and external internally. I had to get my mindset right that I could do this, that I'm not an imposter, that trash talk that was saying you're not good enough. You're not a business owner. I had to work through and reframe that to say yet I'm not a business owner yet, but I can be, I absolutely can be. And to embrace right. That growth mindset. Externally, I had to do a lot of things to figure out how do I run a business? So I did a lot of informational interviews. I hired a business consultant uh, and started to lay the groundwork. I made sure I had an anchor client for that first year so that I really didn't have to operate out of fear financially. Right, right, right. That's so smart. And you, so how soon did you start your business after you left your Senate position? My last day was January 2nd uh, in the Senate, and my first day with my business was January 3rd. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Look at that. Oh, my goodness. And so if you could go back and tell that woman who was turning off her lights on January 2nd something, is there anything you would tell her or would you let her figure it all out on her own? But is there anything you you would whisper in her ear? Oh. Buckle up. The ride's going to be intense. Yeah. Yeah. And so you have this incredibly devastating event happen to you in March 2016. Your husband is arrested and it's, I'm sure, completely devastating. You are, you are, you know, caregiver to two young children. So I'm trying to figure out how old your girls were at that point. They were, they were eight and nine, eight and nine. Okay. And you, basically put into play immediately this, this sort of plan that you've been developing, this, this mindset, this, this life plan really that you've been developing for your clients. Now, suddenly you're, you're, you're your most important client, I'm assuming. (laughs) That's right. Yeah. Did you have to, did you have to step away from the business itself for a period of time? I did. I did not want to, and that was not my instinct my instinct was I had more legal bills, divorce bills, therapy bills, I, I, right? It was intense. My instinct was I need to work more. I need to work harder. And yeah. I hired a crisis communications firm to help me navigate this because it was all over the media. There was news trucks outside of my house, the social media, you know, turn on the news at night, newspaper. It was horrible. And my business and my reputation was at stake in an extreme yes. way. The consultant that I hired told me, she said, Darcy, nobody will fault you for what John did, but they will fault you for not being a present mom. Mm. And oh my God, Amy, did that sting. And she said, yes. you need to take time off to deal with this and get your house in order. And I, 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 I usually have pretty good instincts. That was yeah. so far from what I thought I should do. But I thought, you know what, I'm paying you to give me advice, I'm going to take it. And so I did. I took off months 
to be able to deal with this. That that pause allowed me the time to really think and process and heal and recover so that now I think, uh, I don't think, now I am in a place where I have forgiveness. My yes. daughters are healthy. Life is good. Had I not stepped away, I, I think, and just kind of suppressed it all, I'd, I'd still mm-hmm. be dealing with it now. Well, see, that's so interesting. And to me, that is the answer. That anecdote is to, is to me the answer to the question, do I need a life coach? And I'm at, and I'm saying that I'm asking that question for me personally and for everyone who's listening to this podcast, right? Because you think to yourself, well, I, you know, I can sort of work through these issues myself and I have, you know, when I'm making a transition in life, can't I sort of trust my instincts? But my goodness, when, when stakes are high, when emotions are high, when, when the outside stimulus is completely overwhelming isn't it interesting that sometimes we do need a check on our own, what we have always trusted to be very trustworthy instincts. And your, your story is like a prime example of that because you needed that person, that outside consultant to really sort of give you a check, right? On what your, what your next step really should be. And in hindsight, it sounds like you're happy about that. Yes. And a lot of times we, we, we don't, we don't know. We, we, we have blind spots and we don't know what they are and we can't see them. And we don't know what we, we don't know. We have somebody hold yeah. the mirror up for us. And that's, and, and when you think about being high performing, right, this is all about achieving whatever success you want in life and business. Mm-hmm. The Olympics mm-hmm. are going on right now. Yes. You would be a fool to think there's anybody in the Olympics who doesn't have a coach. Now, do they right. need a coach? Would Michael Phelps be a phenomenal swimmer without a coach? A- absolutely. He's 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 got drive and dedication and focus, but he wouldn't be the decorated Olympian he has without a coach. And I I think for me, I found the same thing. And people will sometimes say, "But Darcy, why do you have a coach? You are a coach." Ah. And I say, "Cuz it, it it works, first of all, and you know, dentists need dentists." I mean, yes. I yes. walk the talk. Yes. I think that's wonderful. I always think that's amazing, right? Therapists need therapists. Doctors need doctors, you know? Yes. So absolutely. Yeah. Walk us through a typical day. What is a typical day for Darcy Loma? (laughs) Oh my goodness. Well, we're coming off of a complete lockdown from COVID. And so there has been no typical. My daughters were home for 15 months. I, I'm very excited they're going back to school in September. Yes, right? that's a familiar so, refrain, right? How, exactly. how old are the girls now? What grades are they going into? They're going into 10th grade and 8th grade. Oh, that's wonderful. And I have two. They're I have doing a, amazing. Two kids yes. the same ages. Yeah. Yes, yes. And so, you know, typical day, well, so there's nothing typical, but it always involves mm-hmm. uh, a workout and um, a, a <laughs> Good night's sleep. And then I'm doing either oftentimes, and it's been virtual, everything has been Zoom. We're now starting yes. back in person, but a series of clients doing uh, team coaching, individual executive coaching, doing retreats, doing uh, workshops and, and trainings and keynote speeches all around how to get thoughtfully fit. Yeah. And are your clients typically making a transition in life? Are they, uh, or are they, um, typically trying to elevate, um, a situation that they're already in or, or, or perform at a higher capacity in a, in a, in a, in a place that they're, they are, are already in. Yes. 
both. Yes. Yes. Okay. Right. Right. Yes. There are sometimes in transition. There are sometimes, uh, and it depends if it's an individual client or if it's an organization that's hiring me to sponsor, you know, sponsor coaching to to coach uh, uh, one of their leaders or managers. But Mm -hmm. they either want to get somewhere and they don't know how to get there, or they are in a pain point and they want to figure out how to get out of pain to get to a, 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 a right a, a place where they have more clarity. Yes. So there was a moment in the book that you talked about that was so amazing. Um, I it was a, a a moment where you talked about after your husband's arrest, months later, when he came home, he was coming home for. Um, a short visit. And you sort of had that whole thing planned. You had that whole day planned and you were going to have a heart to heart talk with him. And there was going to be some real, uh, in your mind, there was going to be some real clarity in that day. And that didn't happen. And I, I read that, I read that whole section with such grace and humility because I could, could imagine how I would feel in that situation where I was certain that I knew what I needed out of the moment and, 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 and had to accept that that just wasn't going to happen. And you talked about it in such an interesting way and talked about finding the need for flexibility and adaptation and patience, which are, these are things that are just not my virtues and I want them to be, but they're just not. And you did make some admissions that maybe those weren't your virtues at first, but you were able to you were able to, to, to pivot and adjust in that moment. And, uh, and it served you well and it served you well to do so. How, how did you find your way to, to those virtues, flexibility and patience? You talked earlier about, uh, preparing Mm. and training, just like if you want to be physically fit, you need to train and practice. You can't go out and run a marathon on Saturday morning, if you have right. not been training and practicing in the same way, if you want to handle yourself thoughtfully in any situation, you want to have patience, you want to have flexibility, you want to have compassion. It for many of us does not come naturally. We're human. We're flawed. We judge. We get impatient. We get angry. We get frustrated. You can train and practice to handle yourself thoughtfully in any situation. And I had a lot of practice working in politics, doing national uh, political campaign events where we had protesters from the opposite party, uh, working in the Senate office, having war protesters taking over the office. I handled myself poorly enough times to know that the results don't work well if you don't have patience and flexibility and, and I'm so sure you I, witnessed people behaving poorly in enough yes. circumstances. Yes. Yes, absolutely. My, myself, my clients, my yes. family, because yes. we're human. Yes. And you talk in the book about the country's obsession with fitness. Uh, you know, this book is called Thoughtfully Fit. And you talked about uh, and gave statistics and numbers, which you know, I thought, wow, yeah, that's true. We spend more money on fitness in this country than we do in co- on college tuitions. We are obsessed, right, as a culture on physical fitness, on on exercise fitness. And I hear you talk about your typical day. That's definitely part of your equation. But are we missing the mark by focusing exclusively on one kind of fitness? Well, I, I think, I mean, so yay. Okay. 
being physically fit is, 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 is great for the, for the body. And if you're not also training your mind, if you're not training your thoughts, you are, yes, I think missing, missing the mark. Not to yeah. mention to, to me, what I find with my clients, when, when we train and practice and, and go through the, the strategies and principles to, to be thoughtfully fit, to handle yourself thoughtfully in any situation, you have more time and energy to focus on what matters most and to go, do what you do best instead of having to go back and clean up the mess from overreacting uh, and not handling yourself well in moments of adversity and challenge and obstacles. So the two right. have to go hand in hand. Right. And I hear you. Uh, I think it's really fascinating when you talk about the need for training preparation on these aspects of our life too. One, one way to certainly prepare and train is to get a copy of this book, Thoughtfully Fit, Your Training Plan for Life and Business and Success. So I hope that people really do take the time to read this book. It is so beautiful. It is so inspiring and empowering. It's really, tell us, um, before we say goodbye to you, Darcy, what is next for you professionally? I am going out on the speaking market doing keynote speeches about thoughtfully fit, continuing to work with teams and individuals uh, and coaching and consulting. We're working on a workbook that will be a companion guide to thoughtfully fit. So people can actually use it to train and practice on, on their oh, I own. Love that. Yeah. Where, what's the best way to keep in touch with you to make sure that we are um, first in line to get information when the workbook and other things are available? Oh, thank you so much. So my website is DarcyLoma.com. And if anybody wants to uh, take a quiz to find out, I talked about those top six challenges that every client experiences. If you go to mm -hmm. ThoughtfullyFit.com, you can take a quiz. It'll tell you what's the biggest hurdle that you encounter and then what are the strategies and the tools and the training plan to overcome them. And then you can also get put on my mailing list. And every Wednesday, we send out some Thoughtfully Fit tips. Perfect. Darcy, thank you so much for being here today. I am I'm so thrilled uh, about the book success. I'm so thrilled that we've been connected and looking forward to just seeing more um, from you and keeping in touch with you. Thank you so much. Oh, what a pleasure, Amy. Your your level of thoughtfulness in preparing for this and the questions and your curiosity is just wonderful. I love your podcast. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Thank you so much. 